Our scripture that was read came from the third chapter in the book of Exodus. The reading was from the first through the tenth verses. But allow me this moment to lift up the second verse, the second and the third verses, and then the tenth verse, which reads, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burnt up. Then verse 10 reads, Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. Here is a true story, a parable, if you will, about a brand new, freshly minted minister experiencing his very first charge. The new minister was serving as a chaplain in a very large metropolitan hospital. On his very first call, he went in to see a newly admitted patient who was having surgery that same day. Dressed in his clerical attire, the minister arrived in the patient's room. The patient, a middle-aged man, frowning as he looked upon this new minister in his clericals, walking into his room as he prepares for surgery that day, looked him in the eyes and barked out, Yeah, can I help you? In anger and frustration in his tone. The minister replied, I am the new hospital chaplain. The grumpy patient then said to him, Chaplain, tell me something. This morning, the surgeon who will perform my surgery, he came into my room. He marked me up all over my chest where he plans to cut away my breastbone to get at my heart. I know why he was here. Then in came a nurse. She hooked me up to all these IVs and all of these meters and these these things that's beeping and making all these noises, I knew why she was here. Then a little lady came in, and, and just before you arrived, and she fixed me up with a bedpan just in case I needed it. Chaplain, I knew why she was here. But Chaplain, the question I have for you, and every other people like you who walk around with these clerical collars, why are you here? The minister, being brand new, wasn't sure what to make of this question. He thought for a second, which seemed like an eternity to him. Then something came out of his mouth almost automatically, without even thought or reflection. He looked at this middle-aged man and he said, Actually, I am here because God sent me to you. He had not planned to say that. He had no idea where that came from. He wasn't even sure what one should say at a time at this. But years later, the minister would confess 
that it was actually one of the most profound things he had ever said to any person that he has ever had the opportunity to minister to. The chaplain's prophetic response, it hit the man hard, right where he needed to hear it. And the man responded, okay, chaplain, I get it. I guess I understand why you are here. But pardon me for being so brash and so rude. You see, I am the chief of psychiatry in this hospital. And for 30 years, I have seen patients come in and out and their surgeries became a real mess. I've seen people who came in with hope and they've lost all hope. And I don't necessarily believe in the God that you say you believe in. So I think you must know, chaplain, why you are here. At that, the chaplain felt a little more brave. And he said to the doctor, well, doctor, how are things with you and God? And the psychiatrist looked stunned by the question. Then he relaxed and said, I'll tell you this. I've seen many operations get messed up. And I'm having open heart surgery today. And I know full well that something could go wrong. I guess what I'm saying, chaplain, is I'm just not sure about God. The chaplain said to him, continue, go on. The man says, what does your Bible have to say about what happens when we die? Now, I told this brief story because it underscores the fact that very often the opportunity for ministering to people is always going to be opened up by God in sometimes the most unusual places or circumstances and in the most unusual of ways. I dare say that every one of us would like to know what it is that God expects of us, but we are completely ignorant in the dark of God's plans simply because we do not often take time to read the signs that God puts around us. We do not often pay attention to the signals that God is giving us. We do not take the time to see the messages that God is sending. And with that said, today I want to preach a message titled, The Burning Bush. The Burning Bush. Let us pray. Father, we have now come to the preaching hour. We have given you our prayers. We have given you our worship. Accept our sacrifice, O God, that we have now brought to the altar and bless it, O God, by returning to us your word. Speak, Lord, for your children are listening and we want to hear what you have to say, particularly in these times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Did you get my message? Did you get my message? We live in the information age and messages are constantly being sent back and forth, whether in email or text or telephone calls or whatever. Messages are being sent back and forth in, in this technological and information age. A missed message could mean a loss of business or a loss of mere time. Wartime stories abound about missed messages from commanders in war that sometimes lead to lives being lost or confusion. But the worst 
missed messages are the ones that come from God that we often fail to notice. What do I mean? I believe that God places in the path of his people certain messages, instructions, or encouragement to equip us to do his will. These messages are sent to us all the time and in many different ways. But because we have become so distracted by all the noise from social media, television, radio, and the like, we tend to miss many of God's messages. God is always calling out to us, but we are not always listening or paying much attention. In this very familiar story in our text, Moses comes to a burning bush. And we see God calling and equipping this man Moses for a specific task. Now, what you need to understand is prior to this moment in Moses' life, Moses used to be the prince of Egypt. Moses was raised in a palace of Pharaoh, and as an adopted child, he learned all the rights and the privileges and all the customs of his Egyptian ruling class. Moses understand everything about the government of Egypt. Moses was blessed at a time when even while he was being so blessed, his own people were suffering and struggling by being tremendously persecuted out in the world. Moses, happy in the palace while his people were being brutalized by the police in the streets. Can't breathe, can't think, can't walk, can't have skittles. Moses was in the palace while his people were suffering. That was all prior to this call. Over time, Moses eventually developed what we would call a righteous indignation against the Egyptians because their cruel treatment of his Hebrew black brothers was something that he could not stand anymore. As a result, Moses decided to take things into his own hands and he killed one of those Egyptian policemen. I'm not inciting violence. I'm not telling people to go out and do anything. I'm simply telling you what Moses did when righteous indignation takes on a form that is not spirit-led. Moses took matters into his own hands, tried to deliver the people his way, and it led to Moses having to flee Egyptian ruled. Moses then, we are told in the text, spends the next 40 years of his life tending sheep for his father-in-law Jethro out in the wilderness. 40 years Moses was raised in the palace of Egypt. 40 years Moses understood the way of the Egyptians. 40 years Moses knew how to get along with those he may not agree with. I don't know if this is prophetic utterances or not, but people say even this current president-elect, he spent 47 years in Congress learning the ways of the people he was to go back to to deliver. So Moses knew the way of the Egyptians. And then he spent another 40 years out in the wilderness tending sheep. 40 years on the backside of the desert. 40 years in this condition. And now, all of a sudden, the moment and the time had come, he happened upon the burning bush. But prior again to that, for 400 years, God, in grace, held back his judgment 
and permitted his own people to suffer. For centuries, Israel waited in Egypt. For centuries, their suffering deepened. The Israelites groaned in their slavery. They cried out to God, and it took experience of suffering to lead them to cry. In other words, sometimes when your suffering gets to the point where you can't bear it any longer, you cry out to God. And the Bible tells us that God hears the cry of his people. It's a peculiar thing, but... It's true for most of us. When things are going quite well, when you are living in your own palaces in Egypt, you lose the awareness of your need for God. We somehow feel that we are capable of meeting the challenges of life and eternity all by ourselves when things are going well. But the moment we hit a problem, the moment we get to the place of hopelessness, the moment we seem to get to the place where we don't know where, which way is up or which way is down, that's the time where we now cry out to God. And God hears the cry of his people. Sometimes, in our pain and suffering, we are burning like Moses' bush, but yet still not consumed. Our text tells us Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. Moses has been in the wilderness for 40 years in the hot desert of the Middle East. A burning bush is not an unusual sight. However, what made this sight unusual was that it was a bush like no other. The bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. The text tells us that this was such an unusual occurrence that Moses stated in verse 3, I must now go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why is the bush burning up but not consumed? In other words, Moses was getting a signal that he could not ignore. Moses would not miss this message. I serve as a chaplain in Westchester Medical Center, much like our chaplain in the story I told earlier. As a chaplain in such a huge hospital, you can imagine I see dozens and dozens and if not hundreds of patients during any given period. Because I see so many patients, and yet while they are all there for various reasons, generally speaking, I will go into the room and expect to find something that I might have seen before. I would walk into a room and it would not be unusual to find a patient in bed dealing with some kind of illness. But every now and then, I walk into the room of a patient and the visit is like no other. Sometimes in my talking with the patients, I hear their stories and the story is so severe that it gets to my heart and I feel a tremendous sense of empathy for what the person might be going through. So severe can their story be that the patient is literally burning up inside. They are on fire with the pain and the suffering, yet they cling 
to their hope, to their faith in God. They are burning in the bed, but they are not consumed. It is in these encounters that I realize that I, like Moses, am looking at a burning bush. A bush that is burning. A bush that is suffering. A bush that is in pain in a hospital bed. But a bush that is not consumed. And like Moses, I must go over and look at this remarkable person, this remarkable sight. Why is the bush burning? but not consumed. Why is this person burning with the news of a malignant tumor yet not consumed by their fear? Why is this person burning with the news of a dying infant yet not consumed by their anger? Why is this person burning with the news of having only three months to live yet not consumed by their anxiety? The answer is that right in the midst of their burning, the text tells us was the place that God himself called out to Moses. You see, right in the midst of your burning, right in the midst of your suffering, right in the midst of your, of your pain, the presence of God himself is there. Every person, every person that is suffering in some way really is their own burning bush. And the only reason why you are burning and the fire of your suffering is not completely consuming or destroying you is because of God's grace and his presence in your life. In the midst of all you are going through, as you hold on to grace and to your faith, the disease, the pain, the suffering, the bad news will cause you to burn, but it will not consume you. My brothers and sisters, God is always with you in the midst of your pain and your turmoil. God is always with you through the various storms of your life. God is always with you as you go through the wilderness of lost employment and health. God is with you as we struggle through this COVID pandemic. And yes, God is with us as we go through even defiance for what might be the truth right in front of people's eyes. People keep missing the message. And the good news is that from the midst of your burning bush, God, hear me now church, from the midst of your burning bush, God is going to attract the attention of Moses. From the midst of your burning bush, God is going to attract the attention of your Moses. As you hold on to your faith, you burn. But God won't let the fire consume you. And as soon as your Moses sees that you have not allowed your circumstances to consume and destroy you, he's going to come over and see why you are burning and not consumed. It is at this point, church, that God speaks to your deliverance and mine. Whoever it is that God is sending to bring you help in your time of need has to understand what is going on with you in your life. Nine times out of 10, the people who are gonna come into your life to bring deliverance, they've been in the palace before. They can relate to where you are and they come on time with a word of deliverance just for you. You see, there are three 
essential things that we could take away from this experience at the burning bush. The first is that the burning bush is not where your Moses expected to hear from God. I'll say that again. Your burning bush is not where your Moses expected to hear from God. Your Moses has to see that you are in your place of pain. If you're pretending that you are not on fire, if you're pretending that you are not struggling, if you are pretending that you are not suffering, then Moses will think that you are just like every other burning bush that he has seen before. You have to be real about what's going on in your life and you gotta be honest about what it is you're experiencing. Your Moses has to see your need. The second thing is that the burning bush is sacred space. It's holy ground, why? Because God is there. God is there in your struggle. Your Moses also, when he comes, has to have a reverence to God. Take off the sandals off of your feet. In other words, leave behind where you have been coming from because greater is yet ahead. Your Moses has to understand that God is God, that he is higher, he is greater, he's an awesome healer, and there is none higher than him. This means that you have to be in the place of humility before God. Pride will always cut you off from your Moses. But you got to be in a sacred space. And your Moses has to respect that space as well. And finally, the burning bush has a message from God. The burning bush is a message from God. It is divine disclosure. The burning bush represents the specific personal instruction from God to his servant who will be your deliverer. We are not alone in our service for God. God wants to lead us and direct us in our Christian walk. But I believe that our heavenly father sends us burning bush experiences every single day. Whether through the preaching, whether through the teaching, whether through the singing, whether through the worship. God send us his burning bush messages every single day, whether it's through noonday prayer, whether through Bible study, whether even through just checking in, God sends us burning bush messages every single day. And everyone will meet a burning bush in their lifetime. It is at that point where you have to spend considerable time in the wilderness that you have been tried and tested and tempered for the call that God has on your life. So what burning bush is in your life today that is keeping you missing God? You're passing burning bushes all day long and you don't notice that the bushes are burning but not consumed. You need, you've lost focus. Where is God even sending you? Many of us miss this point in our lives because we've spent too much time looking for God to speak to us in our circumstances. When God wants to send you to deliver someone else. You could be someone's Moses. But you're missing the burning bushes. 
For much too long, we've been looking for God to tell us how to get out of debt or how to recover from some illness, how to beat an addiction. But the tragedy is that as long as you are focused on your own situation and on your circumstances, you will miss the burning bush. The burning bush in your life could be a close friend or a relative, a loved one that is calling you, but you've not taken the time to see what is going on. Why the bush is burning, but not yet consumed. There are so many burning bushes around us. A person that you know in your life that is under such tremendous pressure, but somehow is still able to cope. What is God saying? Are you ready to move over and look at this remarkable sight? Why is the bush burning, but not consumed? If, if, if you then... Take off your shoes off of your feet and recognize that you are standing on holy ground. Leave the past behind you and let Jesus now speak to you about Pharaoh. For the truth of the matter is, you've been called to bring the people out of Egypt. But while you sometimes may feel like you've missed your call, while you may feel as if you've made a mess of your life, while you may feel that you are stuck in a ditch and can't seem to get out, while you may feel like Pharaoh will be in the White House forever, God has a deliverer for you. You see, God has a Moses that is uniquely prepared and trained in all areas that makes him qualified to deliver you. You see, the Moses that God is sending you used to be in the king's palace from the foundation of the world. In fact, your Moses was there from the beginning. The Moses that God is sending you left his palatial glory to live in the wilderness for 40 days and for 40 nights where he was tempted by the devil and he overcame. The, the Moses that God is sending you was chosen by God to suffer tremendously on your behalf. The Moses that God is sending you was beaten and scourged and pierced on an old rugged cross. The Moses that God is sending you would die on a hill far away, but be raised again in three days. The Moses that God is sending you ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of God the Father. Yes, this Moses that God is sending you today, his name is Jesus. And he is the deliverer of all who are in bondage in Egypt. Whatever your bondage might be. He has never lost one of his own. And that Moses, Jesus wants to deliver you today. So the question becomes, do you want to stop burning? Well, that time has come. And this message just might be your burning bush moment. And we don't want you to be consumed. So let this be your answer to your Moses. Jesus is calling you and Jesus 
wants to deliver you today. So my brothers and my sisters, to make it simple, to make it plain, you're burning. But you've not been consumed because the grace of God is still abound in your life. And this is your time to say, yes, Lord, me, Lord, save me today. If that sounds like you, my brothers and my sisters, if that sounds like you, then I have the gift for you today so you may stop burning and you'll never be consumed in Jesus' name. May the Lord richly, richly bless you, my beloved.